we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. morning crypto good morning warriors hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel good morning crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from the top crypto research team in the world i'm your host abs and i'm joined by several of my friends this morning we've got mr johnny crypto back on the podcast the node defender is here to address some strong coin gems we've got the junior goliath Back again, very happy to have you, Jackie, and the very proud husband of Shelly and the crypto Goliath himself, Gonzo, back on the podcast. Happy to have everyone this morning. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing Grayscale threatens the SEC and warns if the Bitcoin ETF is denied, legal action will follow. Europe is creating an exchange-traded product while America is still battling against innovation. Biden's expected proposal for a minimum 20% tax on unrealized gains could be a catalyst to scare the average investor. Ripple is identified as a payment innovator by Goldman Sachs and continues to make strides against the SEC as they score another win against the United States regulator. And the SEC continues to attack DeFi as it fails to provide a clear set of standards for American investment vehicles. Our show is now available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube. Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So I guess we'll just hop right into our articles today. We'll skip the introductions because we know everyone here. Here's our Good Morning Crypto account where you get access to me, Jackie, Johnny, Mario, the whole gang, Gonzo, of course, and the rest of them. And the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is showing up 56 today. We showed a 60 yesterday and we addressed it as a team. We always talk about these levels being possible execution of our exit strategies, while this extreme fear range could be a possible range for accumulation. So we're getting up there. We're still just barely in greed, so nothing too imminent, but we'll continue bringing you that content. And this is the real exciting stuff. We are showing 2.1 trillion in global coin market cap this morning. Bitcoin sitting at 42% dominance. Bitcoin is sitting just above 47,800 this morning. Ethereum, 34,444. We've got XRP just below 88 cents. Cardano sitting at $1.22 and climbing up 25% on the seven day. We've got Polkadot moving at $22. And we're going to scroll down to XLM, Kronos just below 50 cents. And we've got XLM down here at 23 cents. So continuing to climb. And that's one we'll always bring you guys because we know 
it's got, we have a lot of listeners. I'm wondering if I've, you guys can hear me right now. I see we're having some technical difficulties. I just want to confirm with the group. Johnny Crypto, can you hear me? Okay, perfect. Thanks, guys. So I'm going to leave the floor open here and just get some comments from the group. Jackie, we'll start off with you. Is there anything you're watching in the market this morning? Maybe some price action in particular? I think you're muted. Yep, unmute myself. Um, right now, I am kind of just watching Bitcoin. I mean, I think we're this is this is right at that zone that we, you know, obviously we're at some resistance right now, but this is, you know, kind of big eyes are on this this price range from about forty seven to fifty k psychologically, um, from technical analysis standpoint as well. So I think a lot of people are kind of just this is this is where a lot of people are waiting on the sidelines and a lot of people are feeling FOMO because. I mean, if we break through, we got to break through pretty hard, right? And then so that's where you're like, oh, man, that's where you're on the back end. You're kind of getting on the back end of things. And then um, it's right at resistance as well. So I think a lot of people are a little bit on edge right now. Um, obviously, yeah, also by that chart you're showing, that volume, that that amount of traded volume um, is huge. This is kind of, this is a big area. So so that's yeah. kind of what I'm watching out for. I do have a little cool. bit of um, altcoin plays that I'm looking at, but... Save those for later. Okay, we'll save them for later. Gonzo, I want to the academy. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you guys want to learn more about Jackie's altcoins, please check out the 3T Warrior Academy below, where you get access to all of us, from Johnny to Jackie to Mario to Gonzo. Very excited to have all of you, but I want to hear from Gonzo next because we showed a price chart here where the next area of key resistance will be that $48,900 range. I'd like to hear what's going through your mind. Are you bullish on Bitcoin in the short term? Do you think we'll continue all this positive momentum? Yeah, so um, I kind of like Jackie, you know, watching Bitcoin and, uh, you know, we talked about this the first day. I think I was on the show at the beginning uh, around the first day of the war when we saw that graph. Remember that graph that we saw on Twitter where it showed what happens when you get the first day of a war and then we saw the price appreciation that happens. So we're, we're basically watching that happen now. We uh, 45,000 uh, was a, a area of resistance. We broke through that, but we just smashed into the 200 EMA. So now we got to wait to see what happens. Uh, we've been pumping for like the last seven days. So health-wise for Bitcoin, uh, a small pullback would not be a bad thing, right? Because we want it to build structure, but we're watching that 200 EMA to see if we're going to get that pullback and then the pumps that's going to take us right through. So definitely that's what I'm watching. Yeah. Yeah. And as I look at this seven-day chart you brought up, I want to see if we can share our screens real quick before we kick it to Johnny Crypto. This bullish momentum has been basically unstoppable these last seven days. We've seen no big pullbacks, and we've sustained this $40,000 range very solid, and we continue to accumulate. I'm looking at these ranges here. I don't see any bearish momentum. Volume is strong. Johnny Crypto, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, so the one thing I'm looking for, and Gonzo kind of hinted on it, the Goliath. Good morning, Goliath. And shout out to Shelly because I didn't yell that either in April. Um, um, hey, Johnny. I'm Johnny. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, man. But you gotta do good. <laughs> did we? We just, missed that. Did we? Did good. We, you did haven't done that Mario? yet. Did we lose Mario's audio, or is it me? Can you hear me? Nope. Drop yeah. a good morning crypto for us. I think that's all Mario saying. Well, I didn't think we were doing intros, but good <laughs> morning, everybody. How are you today? My name is Johnny Crypto with a K, and I'm wishing you all a good day. Um, what I. <laughs> Mario, you're the best. What I'm looking for is, um, Gonzo kind of hinted on it. I'm not looking for the up. I'm looking for the down. I want to see Bitcoin come back and retest the 45. I'm just looking at my chart here. 
right around 45-ish, right around 45. We want to, so we busted through the support, right? A resistance. Now we want to come down and we want to, we want to test that, that, that level and make sure it holds. If it holds, oh baby, it's going to be a beautiful season. It's going to be a beautiful April. So let's, let's hope for a little pullback. I don't want to just see it go right up. Uh, we, as Gonzo says, it's important. You want to see structure forming. You want to see weak hands getting out right now. Although we know that there's a lot of, there's not much, uh, you know, according to um, Selman, there is a lot of people in the money right now in this. So we might not see it trade out that much, but I do, I would like to see that, that shifting of hands and get a nice strong support at 45 on the test back. Beautiful, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. we actually have, have a great indicator to show you guys. So this is the golden ratio multiplier. And I learned about this from King Solomon, another influencer on YouTube. And this gives us a good range of where we can see Bitcoin going, not only in the near term, but in the long term. And when we're getting up to this blue line here about the possible peak of our bull cycles, we can see that these lines extend just over $140,000 for the most bullish case scenario, right? So if we do end up getting some massive bull run or some massive alt season, these are the ranges that best case scenario, if everything goes correctly, this is as high as we could possibly get. And this orange line down here, which is currently sitting about 48,000, is as low as we could possibly see. So these are great ranges to be accumulating. And this has been a great indicator of when we're reaching local bottoms. So we typically don't dip below that orange line for an extended period of time. And if we do, it's always looked at as a great level to be accumulating. I'd like to hear from Mario because we haven't heard from him yet. Good morning, Mario. And what are some of your thoughts on the golden ratio multiplier? Good morning, Abs. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, we've been we've been seeing this play out for a while, and Gonzo touched on a really good point that when you know the the first day of the war, we started seeing that that chart, you know, that was going around Twitter. And if I'm not mistaken, the bearable bull was 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 outlining that. Um, and and now we're just seeing that it's sort of like the the C word, like when when the C word happened, we had that crash, and then it's, it was just like a slow grind out of there. And that's what we've been seeing. For these last few months, it's good to see that a lot of these cryptos are kind of back to where they were in in late November, early December before we had that that crash. So a lot of people are starting to get in the green, which is good. They're breaking even. And I'm just really excited to see where the crypto market takes us. Uh, let's see how April plays out. It is still, I would just caution everybody, it is still kind of a, a weird time that we're living through. So just any catalyst, there's still so much stuff going on that anything could be a catalyst for for things to go south real quick. So just be cautious. Yes. Gonzo, I'd love to hear some thoughts. Yeah. yeah so it just triggered my memory, you know, Mario saying the word catalyst. I, I think there's been a few things that have been probably going on that's that's pumped the price of Bitcoin. Um, what we're seeing is the players are accumulating, right? We had um, Terra Luna, uh, I think in the last few days, I think, what do they have? 1.1 billion in their reserve wallet uh, wow. for Terra, right? So, um, and then just a few days ago, I think the day before yesterday, they purchased like another 2,830 Bitcoin yep. to add to it. So, and that's like the announcement. Those are the people that we know that are buying. Imagine the, 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 the big players that are accumulating that we don't know about, right? So you have that, you have, um, um, I also think there's been in the last 24 hours, there was 140 million in shorts that were liquidated. Wow. Um, yeah, so I think that in combination with people accumulating is what's pumping the price up. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We gotta keep watching it, but that's a lot of money, $140 million in shorts. So, uh, yeah.
And what does it tell you that people like Terra Luna, those reserves, are willing to buy $130 million worth of Bitcoin at these prices? Well, it says that they're, they don't think we're dipping much further below. I'd like to get some closing comments from Jackie before we hop into our articles for today. Yeah, I was just, um, there are, I mean, Mario mentioned Catalyst. There are a lot of big announcements coming up. I think the GDP, the US GDP is being announced tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. There's like, I think there's another big announcement on Friday. So those are other things, you know, one announcement in the media can also, um, you know, both sides, honestly, both sides. Uh, even even things like Elon Musk starting his own, you know, social platform, accepting Dogecoin for for tipping, you know, things like that. I mean, it can go. Yeah. It, we're definitely in a time where it could swing one way or the other, depending on what, you know, what gets pumped in the news that day. So, so yes, add a caution, add a caution, but also an excitement as well. Totally. And it's always one of these narratives where it's you show me the chart, I'll tell you the news. And it seems like we're going to get some really positive bullish momentum from a price action standpoint. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if the correct narrative rolled around at the exact right time. So we'll hop into our first article for today as MicroStrategy closes a $205 million Bitcoin collateralized loan with Silvergate Bank to purchase additional Bitcoin. So basically, really simply, what they're doing here is they're taking their existing Bitcoin holdings and taking out a loan, a collateralized loan on those holdings to purchase additional Bitcoin, very high risk here. They must know something we do not about the bullish price action that's coming in so that this loan doesn't get liquidated or something like that. I'd like to start off with Johnny Crypto. They've got $205 million to now invest in additional Bitcoin. What are some of your thoughts on what MicroStrategies is doing here? You know, I've been telling you guys, you know, for the past few weeks as I've been following Michael Saylor more and more. I, I love this guy. I love his thoughts. I love his thinking. This might be one of the smartest men in the world when it comes to financials and money. That's why he's a multi-billionaire. So um, it's no surprise to me at all that he's doing everything possible that he can to find money to buy more Bitcoin. Because he, he, he knows it. He knows it. It's, it's, it's a deflationary. It's, he literally said his own words were, this is finally the engineered perfect money and we hadn't had it until you know 2020 or 2012 when they invented it or 20 2009 he said um but he wasn't a believer either until he started really you know diving deep into it he was a naysayer as well until he understood the technology and that's the problem most people don't understand technology so they're quick to bash it and that's exactly what's going on and now that people are starting to understand the technology what's happening everybody's flooding into it i'll tell you what I'm about ready to do the same thing. Get it? Is anybody can get my hands on? It's going into Bitcoin. There's no doubt. I mean, if you do the math, guys, I don't personally in the long run. You know, I've heard as high as five million dollars. Now, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but two hundred thousand definitely sounds very reasonable, especially after the next uh, three years where there won't be any more mining ever happening again. It'll be twenty-one million, and that's it. It's a limited, finite uh, resource. So. I think I think he he knows this and that's why he's putting all his bags in there because it's a risky move. You could get liquidated, but that goes to show you he thinks the price is going that way. And he says right here, it's a great quote where he says this loan gives us an opportunity to further our position as the leading public company investing in Bitcoin. Yes. Using the capital from the loan, we've effectively turned our Bitcoin into productive capital, which allows us to further execute against our business strategy. I love this, guys. This keeps me super bullish. We'll kick it to Gonzo. What are some of your thoughts? Yeah, you know, we talk about this in the academy. Coach talks about this, about what rich people do, what the billionaires do. He's leveraging debt the right way to make more money, right? Because as the price of Bitcoin appreciates, 
they're going to make some money and they're going to be able to pay back that loan, right? So it's accumulating debt the right way. Not what people usually do, right? People usually go out and accumulate debt to buy shit that they don't need, right? We talk about this all the time. Or they get credit cards and they use it to buy stuff that they don't need. He's taking a loan out to buy Bitcoin because he knows it's going to appreciate and they're going to be able to pay back the loan and then they keep the profits what they made. So right. super smart. I mean, like Johnny said, this guy's way smarter than us. So uh, if he's doing it, it's for a reason. Yeah. OPM, baby. I was just going to say Mario can speak to this well, but the easiest way to get wealthy is leveraging OPM, which is other people's money. So Mario, I'll kick it to you. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing it. He's doing it correctly. I mean, he's leveraging what he already owns and getting more money to buy more Bitcoin. He's certainly not getting his toes wet. He's getting his old body wet at this point. Um, I would say he's super exposed. That's a visual I did not uh, need this Tuesday morning. <laughs> well, I never said he was naked. I said he's getting all wet. But <laughs> I think his ears weren't wet. Maybe, maybe missed a yeah. few spots inside his ears. I wanted to make sure they're fully wet. But, but yeah, I mean, the way I see it, it could either go really well or really not so well, right? Um, I do still think Bitcoin... Because I don't know, I really think that the the economy as a whole is going to go through some kind of recession. And because of that, we could still see Bitcoin go to some lower numbers. And we've discussed it in the show before, like the 35,000 being a really key level. Um, he, I believe his average cost on Bitcoin is, is still below that. So he should still be okay. And, you know, long term, just like Johnny Crypto said, long term, I do see Bitcoin still, still being this dominant cryptocurrency uh, store of value at some point the mining will stop because there's just no more that can be mined and uh, and yeah let's see what happens i'm with you mario and when you think about the numbers of the the amount that these institutions are accumulating there's only 21 million circulating supply for bitcoin right but there's actually only 18.5 million circulating right now of that 18.5 million there's an account with a million um, Bitcoin in it, that's supposedly Satoshi's that's never been touched. So there's actually only 17 million Bitcoin out there circulating in the public markets. And then we've got institutions like Michael Saylor, we've got Goldman Sachs, all these other people buying hundreds of thousands of Bitcoin. 210,000 Bitcoin is 1% of the total circulating supply. So it doesn't take very much when you see these institutions putting in $210 million, $500 million to actually get one or 2% of the total circulating supply of Bitcoin and they're accumulating at these prices of $40,000, $35,000 like we've talked about. I don't see us dipping below 29000 anytime soon. And I'll even take the very controversial stance of we're not going to see a similar bear market to what we've experienced before. A lot of people are calling for a $13,000 Bitcoin. I think that's extremely unlikely because of the institutional buying that's taken place not only over the last year, but going back all the way to 2020. Jackie, I'd like to get some closing remarks before we continue with our articles. Yeah, I've just been thinking, you know, the whole time, it, it's a similar thought process of what I've had. I think a lot of people had when they get it first get into crypto, the potential upside is far greater than the downside. So, I mean, we're trading right, you know, 48K right now, um, pulling out this, this loan um, and, you know, borrowing against himself is the, the downside. Yeah. If, if we go down to like 29,000, you know, that's, do a quick math here, man. My brain doesn't work in the morning. That's only 20K below, right? So, yeah. but the potential upside Johnny just mentioned, you know, we could get to 200K. So the potential upside is far greater than the downside. So honestly, his 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 deductive reasoning, his thought process are, is actually genius. 
I'm with you. And I, I just don't see a situation where large investors feel the need to flood out of assets like Bitcoin and into other projects, which is what would need to happen if we're going to see a $10,000 Bitcoin like Mario just pulled up. Johnny, do you have any comments before we continue? Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't see a 10,000 bit. I hope we yeah. see a 10,000 Bitcoin. I would love that so I could buy. <laughs> I don't think we're going to ever see that again. I mean, these guys are in at the 30,000 point. Um, I mean, they would all have to get out. They would have to lose complete faith in what they thought was the new digital gold. And let's face it, guys, pay attention to the news. You just saw it again yesterday. They're not even hiding it no more that the dollar is getting killed. And the elites, the big boys know this. All right. So if the dollar is going down and gold is an inflationary thing at 2% a year and, and it's not. And where else do you put your money? Right. And they are putting it in gold. Right. He did say it, they're diversifying it. But all this all this money has to go somewhere, and people know, and, you know. To my guess, it's going to flood into Bitcoin as we're seeing. It's you know near all time highs. Gold is near all time highs, and you know if you watch Ray Dalio's video, you probably you start to realize that you should probably invest in the yuan too, because that may be the next world reserve currency. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I, I see I see Bitcoin as uh, being a, a somewhat safe investment for the long term. There's too many billionaires in it now. Yeah, uh, you know. I never want to say never in the matrix, right? But <laughs> it would, for that amount of sell pressure, it would have to be a major world event, right? It would have to be some major catastrophic event that occurred or that is going on to get that much sell pressure to drop the price down into the teens, right? Because you'd have so many other people that would be buying it up at those prices, right? But, um, you know, you never say never in the matrix, right? Yep. <laughs> so it's highly, um, highly, highly unlikely, but you never know what the powers that be want to do, right? Yeah. To instill fear in the people. So and when I think about uh, like it's the, highly unlikely. The inverse correlation between the dollar and assets like Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? So for an event like that to happen, the dollar would actually have to gain a ton of value for assets like Bitcoin to to be leveraged against it in that sense. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that correctly, but for the dollar for the Bitcoin to drop to 10,000, the dollar is going to have to depreciate to the point where it's more valuable, if that makes sense. I'm not sure, but we'll continue with our next article. We've got some Ripple. Ripple identified as an opportunity in payments alongside Circle by Goldman Sachs. This is huge news because Goldman Sachs is a leading payment provider globally, right? So a recent report by Goldman Sachs shows that it identifies Ripple as an opportunity in payments alongside Circle and Coinbase. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are becoming increasingly popular payment option among many companies. And so we're going to read this little section down here because I think it's very important. Banks join RippleNet to process cross-border payments in real time with end-to-end -end tracking and certainty. Available in 55 countries across six continents, RippleNet makes it easy to connect and transact across a robust network of financial institutions. With RippleNet, financial institutions can expand payment offerings into new markets that are otherwise difficult or expensive to reach. I think this is great because Goldman Sachs is just admitting that this is the evolution of global payments and the borders are going away. Once it doesn't cost 3% to transact cross-border, that global economy narrative is going to form very quickly and we're going to be aware of that. We'll start off with Johnny Crypto. Johnny Crypto, Goldman Sachs admitting Ripple is a, is a great payment provider for global on-demand liquidity. Are you, I'm sure you're not surprised, but what are some of your thoughts? Oh, that's music to my ears, baby. That is music. I, you know, I've been saying for a while that I was kind of disappointed that the 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 three big U.S. banks, or maybe about five of them, in there aren't aren't playing in this technology or talking about this technology. 
Um, and finally, now we got one of them talking about it. So I'd love to see J.P. Morgan come out next and say something about it too. But the fact that Goldman is is good because of who they work for or who they're owned by, so that that's a good thing. So I'm really super excited to hear them talking about Ripple, uh, at least starting to promote the idea of it out there because it probably means that they've been talking about it internally for much much longer. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, to to be honest, and uh, and to five one zero. Just for the record, I'm not a boomer. I'm a Gen X. So just get your get your shit, get your facts right. Get, <laughs> get Wait, who said that? I got your back. Whoever said that, I got your back. So yeah. I I agree. I think Johnny's a boomer, even though he's very handsome and he's very young. I still think it's funny to call him a boomer. We'll no, go to Gonzo next. no, no, uh, Gen <laughs> X, baby. It's Gen Gen X. Yeah, I'm right. only kidding. X, <laughs> right? What are some right? your thoughts? X, man, Gen X. Oh shit, that's right, Gen X. Why take up in the XRP, baby? Gen X. Here we, we go. go. Uh, uh, yeah, I, well, I think we've talked about this before. You know, the old system is a network of information. The new system is a network of value, right? And so we've always known this. This is why we're invested in XRP, as far as Ripple and the moves that they make and all the countries that are involved with the cross-border payments thing. But what I think about is once these banks start to adopt all of this, the amount of innovation that's going to come into the space, right? Because if you think about like Ethereum and where Ethereum started and where we're at today, right? When we talk about NFTs and just like pictures of animals, like if you would have talked about that a few years ago, people would have looked at you like you were crazy. That came from the innovation that was built onto Ethereum, right? So I look at like RippleNet, as the same thing, once we get past this SEC lawsuit, once we get past, um, you know, the banks adopting all of this, all the innovation that's going to come in after, because we know about the cross-border payments thing and, and um, you know, sending money, but all the other things that are going to get built on it um, just makes me super bullish. And the other thing I thought was really interesting is the Coinbase side of it, right? How big Coinbase is becoming and Coinbase is a payment system. I thought that was pretty huge too. Yes, totally. And there's a great quote I want to read right here where it says they they actually sent out a survey and found out that 60% of their investors currently working with them would definitely use their bank, Ripple, to invest in cryptocurrencies. So 78% of millennials and 82% of Gen Z crypto owners are interested in using it to make contact with payments. So we're seeing retail demand this stuff. And what's most important is we're seeing the under 35, the new up and coming leaders of our global markets want this technology and understand the utility of it. So as these 35-year-olds become 45 and the 45-year-olds become 55, that power grows and this new mindset moves into the market. Jackie, I'd like to get some comments since you're the one who brought this article to my attention. What stuck out to you while reading this? Yeah, I honestly, those figures you just gave, the 78 and those percentages. 82. Yeah, 78 and mm -hmm. 82. Um, you know, they're really targeting, they are targeting that lower um, generation. Um, yep. I mean, it, maybe it just, uh, maybe it just resonates with them more just because, you know, more as technology goes on, you know, it, it hits the younger generation. But I think giving out those figures is interesting just because of that fact that that wealth, um, it passes down, right? We talk about that a lot in the academy, that wealth passes down from, from their grandparents and parents down to that generation that is up and coming. So that is interesting. And also, um, you know, the fact that they simply state right there that the on-demand liquidity with RippleNet is, you know, it, um, let me see. 
exactly what they said. They said it does away with the necessity of pre-funding, um, which which the other payments, they do need that pre-funding. So I love it that they stated it right there. It's kind of just taking it back to the basics, understanding that. Yeah, I don't know if people understand what that means, but the way it works, the way the system works is banks are sitting on a pile of cash on both sides. Yep. You got a bank and the money's going from one bank to another bank, right? And so both banks have to have money sitting in reserve, big piles, piles of it, right? So they can then give it to their customers on the other end. So one bank says, oh, this guy's sending you a million bucks. Okay, I reduce a million and I raise a million and I give it. So you have to have the cash. Mm -hmm. um, that is going to now happen through a digital system. And that's what XRP Ripple has been designed to do is to be able to provide that liquidity instantly. So now those pile of reserves that banks have to sit on, they're going away. They don't have to sit on that. That's all that money that now goes back into their pockets or back into the economy, right? And I like what what uh, just my two Satoshi said here. You know, the flip, he, he's absolutely right. There isn't going to be a flip of the switch like people think. It's not just going to be one night you wake up and, you know, boom, XRP is 10,000. It's not happening. That'd be it's nice. Gonna, it's going to be, yeah, but it's going to be more <laughs> like what he's saying now. It's slowly, you know, this is how technology works, guys. I'm in the space. You develop it, you introduce it, you develop, you know, it's going to gradually just get introduced and then it'll be all in place and they'll start using it in little plates here and here and then they'll add more and more and more banks will start using it and you'll kind of see it just slowly, gradually be ready and in place to happen. Uh, so I, I agree. The flipping uh, is kind of happening right now. Uh, we're just all hoping it's XRP, right? That's what we don't know, which technology is going to be the, the leading horse. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be multiple technologies because the world is so complex in so many countries that all these coins will kind of, these technologies will coexist. And the reason that we have these accounts with just cash sitting in a room is because this system was built in 1971, not only before digital assets, but before the internet even existed. Right. So the fact that we haven't adopted in the last 50 years, it's long overdue. And this technology is not going to go away, right? If the U.S. doesn't create an environment where this stuff is accepted and sustainable, not only for growth, but for innovation, then they'll just outsource. They'll go to Japan. They'll go to the U.K. They'll go to countries that accept this technology and understand that this is the inevitable evolution of finance, where value is transferred instantaneously and we move away from this credit and debt system. I'd like to read one more quote here where it says, RippleNet has over 300 customers around the world with several on-demand liquidity corridors that allow the seamless conversion of currencies using XRP. So there's a lot of misconceptions out there about whether RippleNet definitively uses XRP. We've we've done our research, we deep dive, and it does. You can find that information on their website. They give not only examples in drawings, but they actually have it written out. RippleNet is, is centered around the use of XRP to converse currency. So your US dollar will change to XRP, that XRP will get transferred over to a London bank. Then they will transfer that XRP back into euros. Gets rid of the Nostra Vostro accounts, gets rid of the cash sitting in empty rooms. It's just not necessary anymore. But we'll hop into our next Ripple article for the day, which is that Ripple versus the SEC. Ripple scores one more major victory against the SEC. The winning just continues, guys. Finland has tweeted that the SEC got a the Ripple got a green light from the court to gain an extension of time to respond to the SEC regarding redactions it made in the minute meetings of the third parties. This is big. This is just a power move by Ripple, and we don't have to dive too much into the details here because none of us are lawyers. What we can summarize is that John Deaton, who is a lawyer, doesn't expect the case to be settled in March, and Jeremy Hogan doesn't expect the case to be settled in April, yet we can we can start to you know anticipate a settlement by September and October, and we're seeing Ripple gain more and more leverage here. So I don't want to spend too much time on the actual 
litigation part of this, but I do think there's some positive news here. I'll just leave the floor open. Does anyone have any comments on what's going on with Ripple and the SEC right now? Yeah, I wanted um, to add something go ahead, real Mario. quick. Um, like all I want to say or all I want to show. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> courtesy, it doesn't get old. <laughs> courtesy of our friend Johnny Crypto. Loving this together. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's what I that's what keeps happening. And it's it's really cool to see that um I mean it's cool from us on the sidelines. Have you, know, you we're, tweeted we're, that? Johnny, I made it. <laughs> have you tweeted it yet? Oh yeah, I tweeted yeah. it yet. Has that thing not gone viral yet? I, I, I thought it would. Your, your follower get... count should increase by like a thousand after that. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it would have, but you know what? It's just so perfect that <laughs> keep everybody who's watching go out and your mouth and retweet that post. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you guys go tweet it. Send that out. Let the world see it because uh, the world needs to know to keep XRP out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I lost my train of thought, but I, I, I guess I was going to say like, uh, you know, as XRP or, you know, Ripple advocates and understanding the technology, researching it the way we do and understanding it the way we do, I know, understanding the solve, seeing what Ripple uh, is, is creating as far as, you know, partnerships and, and as such, it's just really good to see that they're taking a toll on, you know, on SEC and they keep getting all these major wins. It's just going to be a matter of time. It doesn't matter if it happens in April, if it happens in September. Like just like uh, just my two Satoshi said, just hold. I'm with you. I'm just going to leave the floor open here. I know Gonzo had some comments, so we'll go to him next. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I'm not an attorney, but um, you know, from what I understand of the case and following people like Jeremy Hogan, it seems like the two things: the SEC is trying to drag this thing out for as long as possible. Yep. that's one. And the second thing is that they're fighting tooth and nail not to let those Inman emails get out. They're making all kinds of legal maneuvers to not let those out. And so that tells me common sense wise that whatever we're going to find is going to be devastating to the case and either going to, they're going to lose or it's going to force that settlement. So they're going to try to string this thing along. So, you know, we're going to take it day by day, but they're going to continue. Like if they're going to, if they don't get it from this judge, they're going to appeal to the next judge. And if that judge doesn't agree, they're just going to keep appealing it until they run out of appeals. So that, that's like the court system. Like you have to let it play out. So hopefully we get resolution uh, by this year. Uh, I think we will. But um, yeah, it, one thing's for sure. The SEC is trying to draw this thing out for as long as possible because they don't want to give up those emails. And Ripple actually made statements saying <clears> – <throat> They they said the SEC is just delayed, delayed, delayed. Their only objective here is to kick the can down the road as long as possible, delay for some reason. And a lot of us believe it's because Ripple was ready to roll out their payment corridor, and the SEC did not want that to happen without them getting a piece of it. So I think they are coming for their chunk. We'll go to Mario next. Yeah. So, I guys, breaking news. I want to show you guys this. According to this, we'll be able to eat donuts in the metaverse. Wow. Oh my I am a huge Dunkin' Donuts advocate. This is a dream. Yes. Love dream. Dunkin' Donuts. We can wow. have, right, we can have... donut. Quick poll. This says a lot so, about you. I want to know. Yeah. Say that again. What's the question? Everyone's favorite donut, quick poll. Glazed. Glazed. Oh, you all are basic. I'm basic. Yeah. I'm easy. Yeah. I'm easy. Cannolis. Yeah, right. we don't need it that. We don't need donuts. We cannolis. Cannolis. <laughs> cannolis. Italian. I love it. All right, Gonzo. Oh, oh, I was gonna say Krispy Kreme, but like glaze. Krispy Kreme is better. Yeah. <laughs> what is regular glaze? Krispy Kreme is better than. Yeah. Yeah. 
They are better. This is a good one. What's yours? You didn't tell us yet. I like chocolate frosted cake donuts. a girl. Mm. Okay, so everyone comment down below. What is your favorite donut? Because we want to know. And Jackie's a little outlandish, so I vote glazed. I'm not sure about whatever she just said. The I'm, cake hungry, top donut I'm hungry. It's morning. I'm hungry, and I couldn't eat before this. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just surprised it's not some kind of protein bar type of donut. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah, I'm surprised, Jackie. I don't, I don't even, I don't like, I don't really eat donuts. Yeah. What? You guys know what I do with it. What I do for that's a living, like you. So yeah. You can imagine about? the jokes. They like go together. Like you can't donuts. be what you are and not eat donuts. I mean, we got yeah. one of our listeners actually said glaze. So that's all I needed was the clarification there. Glaze is glaze. the winner, guys. Glaze no, is the no, winner. No, DW, absolutely. we'll be sending you a million Shiba Inu. You are a lucky <laughs> participant and winner. Jack DW, we'll cool. send you a donut NFT. Yeah, yeah. Donut. We'll send I'm you a curious. donut. What does a donut NFT taste like in the metaverse? Probably nothing. Whatever you can think of. <laughs> apple cinnamon, baby. Love those apples. <laughs> All right, Mario, since we're on the topic, why don't we hop into our node discussion for today? We, you actually put out a great quote. Everyone, check out the node defender on Twitter, which is our, our beautiful ghost host over here. Good ghost. morning, Node Army. <laughs> Looking forward. I'm all thrown off today. Looking forward to a strong Ooh. announcement today. Not setting any expectations. I believe in what the team is building, and the price action does not concern me. Mario, what are you anticipating for today on the strong news uh, AMA or announcement that we're anticipating? Um, I'm anticipating uh, I'm anticipating a roadmap potentially, just uh, you know, a roadmap of of the uh, release of the strong token. Sorry, guys, I'm hearing a little bit of feedback. No, you're good. <laughs> but, we can hear you perfect. Yeah, so I'm anticipating like uh, just an outline of the roadmap for strong, just possibility getting getting an idea of when we're going to see this uh, strong chain get rolled out. And, and the stronger token. What I do anticipate though, and because I've seen some rumors going around is that maybe they will announce a cap on Ethereum nodes, meaning that those seeking to create Ethereum nodes, there will just be, uh, there will be a day and a time that that's it, no more. And that kind of is needed for the protocol because the protocol kind I mean, it's, it's unsustainable the way it is with the payouts. And they fixed that with the version two of the smart contract, which the Polygon nodes run on. So they want to maximize that by moving people into the new smart contract and then moving on to the strong chain. So what your thought process is there is that limited supply equals increased demand. So we'll see, we should see, I don't want to say a price rise, but that's what you would guess would happen if they, if they cap the nodes. Well, if they cap the nodes, I could see people just flooding in to trying to get these Ethereum nodes because these, these Ethereum nodes are on the old smart contract. So I could potentially see people just flood in to get to get their hands on some of these, which could cause uh, a price momentum to the upside. Uh, but at the same time, it could be followed by by a crash to the downside because you know what happens every time something goes up parabolic; it needs to retrace. So just be very careful. I'm I'm not really, I'm not good. I'm not going to try and predict what's going to happen to the price. Like I said on my tweet, I don't really care for price action currently because I believe in what the team is building long term. And they, they are just trying to tackle sustainability of the project in general. And a lot of people tend to think that this is sustainability of the rewards that they're paying out, but this is about sustainability in general. Whether that be 0.1 of a strong per day or a half of that or you know uh, 10% of that, whatever it is, they just want the project to be sustainable long term. And to give a quick background into what strong is, right? So you purchase 10 of these coins, which are about $125 today. And then that'll produce about just under 10% of a coin every day for you in passive income. So just about $12. So you're looking at about a hundred day return on investment. 
And that's what a lot of people who are in the uh, strong node environment are betting on now. Can they keep that 10% a day sustainable income for their investors? And this may be one of those strategies to be able to keep that sustainability, right? So I'd like to get some closing comments from you, Mario. Yeah, I think it's all about utility. And with them releasing their own blockchain, they're going to be able to add more utility utility to the token. You know, whether it's dApps that start being built on the strong chain, whether it's other projects that start getting developed on strong chain, all this is going to add utility, therefore help support the strong token. And their model is all about sustainability as far and also rewarding the community. So they're they're trying to be a community first uh, blockchain, meaning that everybody that supports the community, the, commu the blockchain, whether it's through the nodes or through staking, that's something cool that they're going to be bringing on as well is just you'll be able to stake your strong, you'll be able to earn on your strong, even just by having it in, in a wallet. And um, all those things would just add utility and sustainability to the project. So we could see things like DEXs, metaverse, metaverses, NFTs, um, you know, all these various launch pads could could come on strong chain. I think that the interesting th thing there is they're they're breaking grounds, right? All these companies are launching these nodes and other different, some call them nodes and they're not, and they're raising a shit ton of capital, <laughs> which the SEC will probably come after them at some point. But I it really, Mario, you touched on it. It's just they're trying to find a, find a new business model, right? What is it? You got all this money. Now, how do you turn this into something viable? That, to me, is the interesting part of this. And, and that's probably going to take a couple, you know, it, it takes a time to turn you know, something into a real functional business. It may take a year or two, you know, if it does, but if it does take off and it works, Strong would be creating a new paradigm shift in the crypto space where node owners would actually be get, getting rewarded for providing node service, which right now that doesn't exist. It doesn't work that way. Miners get rewarded, but the endpoints, the nodes don't. So they're breaking the paradigm shift. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see if that happens. And if it does, you know, for anybody who has node, um, a strong nodes, it's going to be very exciting. And I think because it's such a low financial barrier to entry right now, it is only $1,200. Yeah. I mean, it's very exciting because I remember last October, these nodes were going for about 12000 If you just look at last January, so just three months ago, yeah. these were going for $8,000 a node. Now they're at 1200 bucks. Yeah. And as the price of the coin increases, your rewards daily will increase. So I'll kick it to Gonzo here. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, comment on that, that, you know, right now, if you're going to get into these, not financial advice, but it's at a good price, right? If you look at what some of the other people got in at, twelve hundred bucks uh, for passive income, for me, my opinion uh, is is not bad at all. And you really see where um, they're trying to create that sustainability because they care about the community. You know, they could have just kept creating nodes, taking the money, and then eventually it fizzles out and the price crashes. But they're not doing that, like Johnny said. They're trying to build a new business model, um, and who knows? This when we look back at this, and this could be a little bit of hopium, but we could look back at maybe strong creating a whole new way of doing crypto. And if you get involved at the beginning, you're going to say that you were there, you know, that you were there at the beginning and that you got to invest at the beginning. And usually when you do things like that, it usually works out for you financially. Right. And so we don't know. We have like Ethereum coming up to the merge. Right. The 2.0. Everything's moving to proof of stake. So they might be creating a new business model. I, we know we are, but I'm saying it might become something permanent in crypto is what I'm saying. And yes, if you guys are enjoying this conversation, please smash that like button. We'll keep the ball moving here because Gonzo just laid some gems out. There's really not much I can add. I think that was perfect. So we'll hop into our next article, which is also regarding the SEC. Here's how the SEC proposed new rule could impact DeFi and Ripple. 
So we've got some big updates coming in. The SEC on Monday proposed a new rule to include certain significant market participants, such as dealers and government security dealers, in which could impact DeFi and digital assets. So basically what this is saying is that anyone operating within crypto as a liquidity provider and has more than 50 million US dollars in assets will be subject to the SEC's new registration requirements. And this would create another problem for our good friends over at Ripple Labs because this is one of their main uses is being a liquidity provider for these markets. I'd like to start with Jackie here. Jackie, this is very interesting because it seems like, again, the SEC is hindering innovation within DeFi and we just keep getting the same narratives rolled over and over again about them not fully understanding the market, not setting a clear set of rules, but instead laying out this broad framework so they can come in and regulate as they please, choosing winners and losers. I'd like to go to you, Jackie. What are some of your thoughts? Uh, you're muted. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Every time I see narratives like this, I it just it just gets me questioning. You know, I I just feel like they're buying more time. Um, I, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion with the SEC case. And then when I see um, articles like this, I feel like they're buying more time and trying to push out retail investors as much as they can. Um, retail investors, even even some, you know, big investors maybe still sitting on the sidelines ready to get in. Who knows? But yeah, with these types of articles, that's that's how I feel, because I feel like there's something big coming um, that they're just, you know, trying to keep it like like they said, like like we had des discussed earlier, trying to keep the pie for themselves or, you know, allowing, you know, their types of people to get in for some reason. That's that's how I feel whenever I see these types of articles. Yeah. Um, Jackie, you got people all hungry and now they want to talk about donuts. I see all those comments. <laughs> it's, it's creating a distraction for me, to be honest. <laughs> can't mention food in the morning. Yeah, I know. Um, I know, guys. I'm fasting today, so no donuts to for me. On, just to build on what you were saying, Jackie, I, I read somewhere a while ago, uh, somewhere that, that there was going to be a narrative that the U.S. was going to take a backseat to all this cryptocurrency development, and they were going to let China lead the way. This was maybe like when I was first getting into this, like a year, year and a half ago. And that, and when I watch what's actually happening, it's like spot on. It's exactly what's happening. The U.S. has taken a back seat, but obviously the U.S. doesn't want to come out and say we're going to take a back seat. So what's the best way to do it? You just uh, you unleash your, your 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 attack dog, right? The SEC, the the number one innovation stifler in the world. And so all they're doing is they're making it look, oh, hey, the SEC is out here protecting everybody. Get the fuck out of here. They're not protecting nothing. They're just using it as an excuse <laughs> to make it look like, get off the dick. Don't put the full screen on Mario. Go back to the, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they're definitely doing something there where they are, they're delaying and hindering this thing because I think they want the U.S. to take a backseat because you're seeing the handing of the baton off from the U.S. as the world power here to china there's no doubt about it Re watch the ray dalio video guys everybody's worried about and watching the will smith thing go spend 40 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it was and go watch the ray dalio video and you'll see what's really happening and how the handoff is going and um at the end of the day um i lost my train of thought here but but at the That's end of the day yeah. at, at the end of the day here um the sec is really the reason why this is happening, I really believe the U.S. is saying, hey, we're going to slow everything down. And they're just going to use the SEC to attack whatever it is to, as the excuse 
for why they're slowing down innovation. But we all know it's all planned. And yeah, we are the smaller guys in this market, but we're watching and following what the big boys are doing here. And it says that many experts in the crypto space, as well as the financial markets, think the SEC's powers are too broad and need to be constrained. Despite Bitcoin ETFs being approved in many countries, the SEC has maintained its strict stance against Bitcoin ETFs. Why are they hindering this innovation, guys? Why aren't they allowing American investors to get access to this stuff? Let's start off with Gonzo. Um, I think it's a control thing, right? They all want their piece of it. And uh, we, we, But I, I do think, though, that Grayscale is going to get their spot ETF. I think that's going to happen. That's just my personal opinion. Um, yep. You see what's kind of going on with Europe and the, uh, I think their ETPs, right? Where they got an ETP for Solana, Cardano, and it was one other one, right? Which is very similar. Okay. Uh, and we're still kind of, yeah, and Polkadot, yeah. And so we're kind of finally behind that. So I do think, you know, and, and Raul Paul has talked about this. He feels like we're going to get that spot ETF because they've even talked about like if we don't, if Grayscale doesn't get their spot ETF, they're going to sue the SEC. And there's only so losses like um, mainstream losses that the SEC is going to be able to take on the chin. If they take a loss to Ripple, which we feel like that's going to happen. And now they don't approve this spot ETF and Grayscale sues them and they take another loss. It just looks really, really bad for a good old Gary who's um, getting his ass handed to him by these companies. So um, I do think it'll get uh, um, approved here pretty soon because um, they have no reason not to, right? You have yep. all these other places that are doing it. They're running out of excuses. Uh, and, and like I said, there's only so many losses at the SEC. And as far as like the previous article, it, it, felt, it feels like just a roundabout way for the SEC to get at Ripple in a broad sense, right? Like maybe they sense they're going to lose the case. So we'll slip this in and we'll still take a shot at them or be able to regulate them, you know, because that's who they're really trying to get at. Yeah. And if you guys want a little bit of access into Johnny Crypto's fitness routine, he starts every day with two cannolis and a glass of warm milk. So that's how he stays in such good shape. And it's why he looks a little bit tired on the podcast. Sometimes the man has got a full stomach. So we'll sugar rush. So sugar rush. So not true. I haven't eaten a donut in 10 years. <laughs> no, I or, said cannoli. I said yeah, cannoli. Yeah, cannoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't eat cannolis anymore either. <laughs> I love what you said there, Gonzo, though, because you brought us perfectly into our next article where Grayscale may sue the SEC if its ETF application is denied. They're saying a lot of the same things we are. Why the hell is the SEC blocking innovation when it's taking place in Europe? It's taking place in Japan. They're not going to stop this technology from coming to the forefront and by creating more standards and regulations to abide by. They're just hindering this growth. So the cryptocurrency investment giant has an application with the SEC that would convert its grayscale Bitcoin trust into a spot ETF. Very cool. The chief executive advisor for grayscale investments said that his company would consider a lawsuit against the securities and exchange commission. If the regulatory agency did not approve its Bitcoin spot ETF application, the SEC has until July 6th to determine whether it will allow for the conversion of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust into a spot ETF traded fund. And so Grayscale is actually putting their full resources behind the application to get this thing approved. And they're threatening the SEC. I find this amazing. It's very telling that not only retail investors are getting frustrated, but the big boys are. And that's when we see real change come in. I think Gonzo would be great to start with first. So Gonzo, what are some of your thoughts on Grayscale making moves to not only threaten the SEC, but get this ETF finally going in the United States. Well, um, as Johnny would say with his cannolis, the SEC, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> forget about it. That's forget right. about it. 
uh, it's a fagazi. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, like I was saying, uh, I think they're going to get it because you know the SEC is running out of excuses. I think they're just stalling out. But if they get like if they don't and they get sued and they lose another one, that's just going to look really bad. And I, I mean, I I would foresee uh, somebody like Gensler eventually losing his job. Like, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to wish any ill will on the man, but when you stifle innovation and you continue to do things like this, uh, it, it's bad. They're supposed to be protecting investors. And it seems like it doesn't seem they're hurting investors. Right. So they're, they're only protecting a very small per- percentage of people. And that's the people with the money, not the people like us that are retail investors. And that's what I say to Gary Gensler, right? Forget about it. Leave ripple yeah. alone. It's innovation. Sure. What are you going to do? Jackie, we'll kick it to you next. Yeah, I agree right along um, with what Gonzo was saying. I, I do like that um, quote that he talks about in the article saying, yeah, I can actually, they're not doing, without providing the ETF wrapper, um, they're not doing everything that they can to protect investors. So that's just exactly what Gonzo was saying. I'm with you. And it says that there's 800,000 accounts using their current ETF system that they have now. And the CEO argued that the trust remaining as it is, rather than being converted, puts investors at risk. So the SEC is not only hindering innovation, they're actually hurting the people they're supposed to be protecting, but really nothing new there. So we'll kick it to the next article. Hold on a second, Abs. So so go back. This is very important because what was really happening here, this is brilliant by the CEO of Grayscale, right? So I love the fact that they're coming out and kind of doing a Will Smith on, on the SEC too. But the reason why this is really important is they're actually getting this article out there to get investors pumped up. This gets the little guy and all those folks now talking about this, right? So what they're doing here is they're using this to win over the little guy, right? And then they go into battle against the SEC by saying, hey, we can't help you because of the SEC. So this is brilliant by them to say, hey, we're going to go sue you guys on behalf of our, our clients. So brilliant move on their part to kind of say, hey, we're the we're the champion of the little guy. We want to help you get into this thing, but we can't because the SEC is in our way. It's brilliant, brilliant. And by the way, just for the record, there's seven ways to say forget about it, seven different meanings. So if you don't know that, go watch the Donnie Brasco movie and then come back into quotes and tell me the seven different meanings of Forget about it. It's, you know, seven different ways. Forget about it. You can, you know, it means seven different things depending on how it's said. So, is it seven? It's seven there's different no, things. Forget about it. This, forget <laughs> about it. Then there's oh, forget about it. You know, I'd like to read a quote here too, Johnny from from Mentelec that said Gensler is not the decision maker. He is the figurehead. Wall Street's calling the shots. We figured this out last year with Coach JV when we realized that Janet Yellen is making two hundred thousand dollars a year from taxpayer money, right? But she gave two speeches to Citibank that were 45 minutes long and she received $7 million for those two 45 minute speeches. So you have to wonder when she's going and creating these standards and regulations, who is she representing? Well, we're not the ones putting money in her pocket. So I wouldn't anticipate that she's going to have our best interest in mind. I'm going to leave the floor open here before we keep going. Bingo. (laughs) Finally, that's right. At the end of the day, it's an old saying. My father used to say it all the time. Money talks and bullshit walks. That's the bottom line (laughs) at the end of the day. And Wall Street has the money. Wall Street runs the world. And go look into who owns several key Wall Street companies, and you will see what's really going on and who's really calling the shots. It isn't these puppets like Gensler or Biden. Those guys are all they're all puppets. There's a higher order here that's running everything, and they're just they're just 
they're just executing the game plan and you are the audience. You get to watch the movie. And this is the fun stuff, right? Know the game so you don't get played. We're going to continue with our next story where Wisdom Tree launches a crypto exchange traded product for Solana, Cardano, and Polkadot in Europe. This is a lot of the opportunities that we talk about every day here on our channel that are getting outsourced outside of American borders because we don't have an environment where this is acceptable. It says the prevalent, the reason that these ETPs are exchange traded products are prevalent in Europe is because the regulators have moved faster to adopt those these products and allow for an environment where these are acceptable. This stuff is going to continue to roll out overseas. And if America doesn't adopt, we're going to get left behind. There's a good quote here where it says, meanwhile, in the U.S., Crypto asset managers are still fighting for their first Bitcoin spot vehicle to clear the Securities and Exchange Commission. All these articles timed together. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something because of the way that these articles are rolling out incrementally. Let's start off with Gonzo and then we'll kick it to Mario. What are some of your thoughts on Americans not having access to these exchange traded products that incorporate Solana, ADA, and Polkadot? Yeah, you know, it just shows that Europe is a little bit far ahead um, than we are. But like I said, but it's articles like this or seeing this is what makes me think that we're going to finally get that spot ETF, right? Because they're running out of excuses, especially if you have like American companies, like I talked about FTX going there and starting an ETP for Solana and then talking about giving those customers back some of the re staking rewards, right? So, um, and I know that they already do it in Japan on their exchange. So um, this just makes me think that Raul Paul's right. And he's way smarter than me, and he's inside of that world. That we're probably going to get the, um, that spot ETF, and we're going to start moving forward. Oh, it's going to come. There's no question. It's coming. It's just they're doing exactly what they said they were going to do. They're going to stifle it and they're going to slow it down and let the world get ahead, and then they'll follow in later on when it's safe. We'll get an FET Bitcoin ETF, but we should have already had one. That's the freaking yeah, point. Sure. There's absolutely no reason right. why we shouldn't. But the elites have another plan in mind, and you get to see it. And we're living it live right now. And, and, and they're going to delay it until they decide it's time to not delay it. You know what, though? It also makes me bullish on what they're listing, right? Solana, Polkadot, and Cardano, especially Solana, because I feel like, you know, that's the chosen one, right? So um, definitely I bullish on Solana. I hope you're wrong Make on sure, that Not one. financial advice. Make sure you dollar cost average. But I like, love how you said that, Solana though, Gonzo, because – Think about what Grayscale did last week, right? They created a new investment vehicle. And what were the two currencies that composite more than 50% of that vehicle? Solana and ADA. So oh, those no, are the currencies that we want to watch. And just to give people a quick breakdown, AVAX was also in there. Yeah. XLM was also in there. Algorand was also in there. So a lot of the currencies Coach JV is talking about every day are being adopted by these big companies. We'll go to Mario and then Jackie. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. And and I really hope that the, as you know the U.S., gets their shit together, like Coach JV always says, and just uh, starts allowing for some of this innovation to be done here rather than, you know, anywhere else in the world because the U.S. is supposed to be known for this. I mean, I know that that's one of the reasons why I came to the U.S. is because that's where the opportunity is. That's where the land of opportunities. And and if we start, if we start not allowing this to happen in the U.S., then it's still going to happen just somewhere else. And I really think it will be good for retail investors, like for people to just more exposure, for people to have different ways to, to make to make an income. And then the SEC just wants to control everything and they just want to. Yeah, they say that they're helping retail investors, but I really don't think they are. That's just I agree. Fake narrative. Jackie, I'd like to yeah. hear from you before we close it out here. Yeah, I agree with everything that's been said. Um, 
not really much to add. Just yeah. same thing. I mean, just kind of just want to talk about the Academy just a little bit. That's, you know, that's the, that's the thing that kind of opens your eyes is it. And it's nice to have other people on that same, you know, in the same wagon with you. Um, so you don't feel like you're like, it's just you against the sec and everything else that's going around the world is definitely a comfort to have. I mean, I'm, I'm ecstatic to have such a knowledgeable team that kind of guides me in, in what I'm, I'm looking at different news articles that are coming out. And so that's, you know, that's the type of stuff that you can kind of get, being within the academy and and being led by such wonderful people, so so appreciative for that. Beautiful. That's an amazing way to end it up because I do feel like the most valuable part of the academy. Sure, the crypto content is what everyone comes for, but the community is the reason they stay, and that's why I stayed, and that's why I've been such an advocate of the academy because it's changed my life. Not just because we get to work together on a daily basis, but how much I've learned from every single one of you. I want to share that with other people. So that's the reason why we bring you this every day. I'd like to give a shout out to Waters Above, who's going to be joining our podcast tomorrow. Yeah. Very exciting. We last time it was a it was a great success, and we're super excited to bring him on. We're going to learn a ton from him tomorrow. But I'd like to close it out the same way we always do. Social medias are linked down below. Warriors rise, rise Get together, baby. Thank you for joining Get your us. Shit together. Let's go, Mario. Can you show the monkey picture? Bring up those apes. There we go. <laughs> I got a haircut, so I might be in the fifth one. This one. <laughs> I, I, this one. I got still got a lot of hair on my back though. <laughs> <laughs>